Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. But this time I'm saying welcome back to In Bloom podcast instead of Gen Z Girl Podcasts. So yes, this podcast is formerly known as Gen Z Girl Podcast, but if you've been listening for the past couple of months, then you know that I've been wanting to rebrand it to sort of better fit my audience and better fit like what I talk about, just because Gen Z is definitely stereotyped towards the younger um, generation, younger Gen Z Part. Um, and I'm definitely on the much older end of Gen-, Gen Z on the cusp of being a millennial. So it just accidentally over time, it ended up not being a good name. So um, we rebranded and I am so happy that the day is finally here. It's been um, a work in progress for like the last six, seven, eight weeks, something like that. And it's been in the back of my mind for even longer. So this feels like super liberating and just amazing to finally feel like comfortable and confident in my podcast. Like I almost like felt embarrassed isn't the right word, but I almost just felt like not as proud of my podcast just because I felt like the name over time, like initially, yes, 100%. It was great in 2019 and then like early 2020 and then TikTok kind of blew up and during like COVID and everything during 2020 and Gen Z just completely got a different um, reputation stereotype and all that kind of stuff so once that happened I was like I don't really I just don't feel as like comfortable and proud in my podcast and that's just like not a good thing for something I put so much work into so a change was needed Um, I loved I loved it while it lasted and everything and I think it was really great initially and like a good catchy name and everything but now we are the In Bloom podcast and I really thought this was just like the perfect name. Um, one, because I am somebody who I just like absolutely like love flowers, nature and everything like that. But, you know, when like a flower is fully in bloom, it's, you know, said to like have reached its full maturity. Well, I'm not going to call my podcast like in full bloom or full bloom or anything like that because my podcast, the core content of it is all about self-improvement and self-betterment and really just striving to become the best version of yourself by like pursuing what you were made to do and what you were like placed on this earth to do and all of the things that come along with that that's kind of just like the whole idea of like Gen Z girl podcast and now and bloom podcast nothing with my content's really changing it's just a rebrand to fit the content of the podcast better and just fit me better. So I really liked the name in bloom just because it was short and sweet. Um, and it's just like such a representative name of what this, you know, podcast entails with, you know, constantly being in the process of bettering ourselves and, um, all of everything that comes with that. So I thought in bloom was perfect because it just makes sense. You know, like we are constantly in bloom. We never really truly reach a full bloom as humans because we're constantly 
you know, taking a step forward, taking a few steps back, and then like taking three steps forward. You know the deal. So I thought it was great. I also love the song by Nirvana in Bloom. That's not really a heavy reason why this name was picked, but honestly, I heard the song and it sort of like put the name idea in my head. Then I checked to like make sure it wasn't taken or anything and it just kind of fell into place and it made perfect sense with like the way I wanted my branding to be, the just what the podcast is about, everything like that. But um, yeah, and I don't know, this has just been a really crazy week in general just because one, the podcast rebrand is launching the day you're listening to this and the week prior to this podcast, new podcast launch, um, I moved to Houston, Texas from my college town, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which if you've been listening, you know, it's been, you know, a process and I am just confused honestly like it just feels so weird that this is my home it doesn't feel right I feel like I'm visiting my apartment doesn't really feel like fully home yet just because I mean it's honestly like pretty much done besides like decor but I'm not really gonna worry about that right now um but furniture wise and everything it's good to go and all the boxes are gone and unpacked so it's been a great week we moved on Wednesday um and it's Sunday which is crazy we've already been here that long but we didn't move into our apartment on Thursday. But on when or on Thursday morning, my debit card got hacked. So on move-in day, um, which was really inconvenient. <laughs> so that happened. And um, then our like lunch on move-in day, we literally didn't eat for like seven hours, and because we were just so busy. And then we were getting food delivered, and like our, we waited like forty-five minutes for our food, and it said it delivered, but it never actually did. And just a bunch of like weird stuff was going on. And then after that, um, after Thursday night, Friday morning until really like right now on Sunday when I'm recording this, my stomach has been extremely messed up. Um, I was thinking like it was, I never really have like stomach issues, honestly. Like I normally just have like headaches and like joint pain. That's like my body issues, I feel like for the most part. But I had a lot of stomach pain and we didn't know what was going on and it was like every time I ate my stomach would just really 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 hurt after Thursday night after movement day so it was just rough and um Friday all day I just felt like a little sick and then yesterday all day felt really sick but Friday night we went to dinner with um, my mom my brother my brother lives in like right outside of Houston as well which is so awesome to be near him and my mom is here this weekend helping us like move in and get settled so we went to dinner with them and um, my boyfriend and then our friend another couple that lives here in Houston as well that we know and the whole time at dinner um I at first I was fine but I just like eventually like got really out of it and I was like getting nauseous and getting the chills and I literally had to run to the bathroom to get sick and I that that has never happened to me before where like I have it come on to me like that I feel like I normally have to like make myself get sick if I feel sick so we didn't know what was going on and that was you know the day after move-in day so it was just like a lot of like stress like with the you know debit card getting hacked and then um, being sick and we still don't really know what it was but we didn't think it was food poisoning just because I it was like it's lasted longer and um, everything I had ate everybody else had also ate like the same thing so I'm not sure what it was I'm not sure if it was like the amount we had to eat out in the span of a few days because I'm really not used to doing that um, I did, we think it might have been the water um, from our fridge because 
now like my boyfriend isn't feeling the best like in his stomach um as of yesterday and today so he's just like a day later than I am with all of it but it's just really weird we think it might have been the water filter in our fridge and like it just hadn't like no one has lived in our apartment before us and we just think that the filter has been sitting there since this apartment opened in 2020 so we just think that that might have like and the change in water in general of going from like small town to like big huge city so we don't really know but anyways that's a long enough spiel about moving in but I had to update y'all it's been crazy but like nonetheless like I can't help but to just be so beyond grateful that all of our things made it here safely our movers made it here safely we made it here safely that is the ultimate blessing and just to like have a place to live here and I'm just like super happy with our apartment um it wasn't the one we initially like toured and wanted and everything and we just kind of honestly settled with this one because it was one of the few that were left that would work for us and it's definitely like way like smaller than what we're used to but like I am in love with it um so yeah that's that enough with that but this week I wanted to do a really fun episode um I wanted to sort of just like share y'all's passion so if you've been here since the beginning of Gen Z Girl podcast, my very first episode, I primarily talked about like pursuing your passion and how I like found mine and overcame the fear of like taking that big leap of pursuing your passion and like not caring what others think and just doing it and that kind of stuff. Um, because that's what I'm really passionate about because I saw such a transformation in myself when I finally took the initiative to just overcome that fear and pursue my passion. And I really just like, I transformed into like the best version of myself through finding my passion and pursuing it. And when I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, I want nothing more than to see the people I love and care about to experience the exact same thing. I'm the type of person with my friendships, relationships, family members, anything, I see people's full potential in them and that can be, you know, bad in ways if I'm if I'm setting that as the expectation and that's not where the people are at. But I've learned not to have my expectations where I see people's potential. But that doesn't mean I can't see f- people's full potential and really encourage them and push them to be the best versions of themselves. And that's like what I'm really passionate about. Like I see like everything my wonderful friends and family members and boyfriend are capable of. And I want to push them to like pursue whatever that is for them and, you know, reach the best versions of themselves. But I also feel that way about you guys. And I feel that way about just helping as many people as possible get to that point of, you know, finding their passion and really just pursuing it head on, whether that's for their job or just for something they do on the side, because it absolutely changed my life and who I am. And it made me find happiness in a way I've never had it before and I want nothing more than for people to experience that same thing so that was my first episode and it's really a great episode and honestly I think it's one of the most listened to ones um it's really I mean I put a lot of like thought and effort into it and I should probably should revisit it from my own standpoint at some point but I thought for the rebrand as the kickoff episode it would be very honorary to you all as supporters and listeners of this podcast to highlight those of you who have passion stories. Um, Similar to mine in the sense that, you know, you found your passion through whatever way and then you pursued it. And I had, I asked y'all on last week's episode to email me 
your passion stories, like what you learned in pursuing your passion, how you overcame the fear, and just tell us a story about your passion. And I also posted on the Instagram um, story to email as well as a reminder. So be sure you're following um, the Instagram. I actually don't know what the handle's gonna be yet because I'm waiting to change it until like last minute so that nobody like tries to find the podcast and can't find it or something. I don't know. But I'm going to wait to change it to last minute, but it'll be in the show notes. Um, and you will see it if you already follow it. It's just going to be a name change. It's not a new Instagram. Staying on the same Instagram page, just completely like rebranding it and changing the name. So be sure you're following that and then join the Facebook group. The Facebook group I'm going to try. I hope it lets me rename it. Surely it will. But I'm going to just rename it to In Bloom Podcast. Um, so... Yeah, those are those two things that I wanted just some housekeeping to get out of the way and just a background to this week's episode. And it was so funny because in the first like two days, I got like one submission and I was like, am I that lame that like I literally got one submission and I was just like beating myself up and I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to go the way I wanted it to. But then I, of course, throughout the week, I mean, everybody's busy and they can't like email it right away, you know, but, and everyone doesn't necessarily see it or hear it in the episode. Some people only see it on the Instagram story because they listen to the episode later. I'm someone that listens to podcast episodes like months after they're released, honestly, Um, because I'm not like a frequent podcast listener. I just kind of binge them on road trips or long drives. But anyways, um, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that sent a passion story. And even if you didn't, I'm just thankful for you listening and supporting and being a listener and just know that I want nothing but the best for each and every one of you. And that is the sole reason why I do this podcast and why I'm sitting here in front of this microphone today and every time I'm recording. Like that's all I want for you. All I want you all to experience that same joy and fulfillment that comes along with fulfilling your passion and the same self-discovery that comes along with that as well. So I think I have 19 or 20 submissions and I'm just going to read through them all. Some of them are a lot longer than others, which is totally fine. Like I did not have like a limit on what you could say or anything like that. I just wanted y'all to like candidly say what you wanted to say. So I'm just going to read through. I'll just mention the first name. I'm not going to like completely disclose anybody, but um, yeah, let's get into reading them. And I just think that this could be really inspiring for a lot of you who may be struggling to find your passion. And honestly, I get kind of in lulls with my passion and I think everybody does where you just kind of don't really feel the same um, zest for it that you once did in the beginning and you kind of need that extra kick to just like remind yourself you know why you started pursuing your passion and why you're doing it and I think that this can also be really helpful for those of you that may be in one of those lull periods with your passion so let's get started the first I'm just going to like read them from oldest to newest and I'm literally going to read through all of them I don't care if this episode's like an hour and a half long but I want to include everyone's um just because I feel like I have a sweet spot in number if I had way more than this I obviously wouldn't be able to but I think 19 or 20 I can read through comment on them quickly and then like get through them so the first one is um My passion is from Lily, and she says, My passion has always been helping others. I've also always been interested in the medical field, but struggled to pinpoint exactly what area I wanted to study. For a while, I planned on going to med school and becoming a doctor. However, in 2019, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and was hospitalized for a while. I was able to see how the nurses cared for him and showed my family so much compassion, which really resonated with me. Because of this, I feel like my calling is to pursue nursing and make a difference in people's lives like those nurses did for me. They're so amazing, and I can only hope to make half as much of a difference as them. First of all, I want to say I am so incredibly sorry um, about your dad's diagnosis, and I, I understand like how you know difficult that can be when a close family member gets really sick. And... Um, 
it's really a beautiful story when how you you know found your passion and seeing someone else live out their passion and help someone that you care about and you'll I think a common thing that y'all are going to hear throughout me reading these is that a lot of people find their passions through challenges and struggles and hard times in their life because that's when what you really care about is revealed the most and I think you know this is just like a very like poster child not poster child but like poster type of story if you know what I'm saying for finding passion because you know it's going through a really hard time and a challenge that like really reveals what you care about and you're able to like in that you're able to find you know what you care about and I wish you the absolute best on your nursing journey and I wish your dad um the absolute best as well and um sending all my love to you and your family and I'm so glad that he was in good care in the hospital so that's the first submission and I'm going to try not to like go on soapboxes for each and every one of these but I have like briefly read through all of them um, just to get an idea of what we were looking at but I haven't like thoroughly read through each and every one of them. So here's the next one. Um, my name is Annalise and I don't know if it's Annalise or Annalise, sorry. <laughs> and here's my passion story. I was always was academically gifted in the social sciences but I never knew what I wanted to do for a career. In high school I got into learning Spanish so I decided that I would study to be a Spanish teacher. However, once I got into the two colleges I wanted, I got a full tuition scholarship to the school that had just dropped its Spanish education program. It didn't really hurt my feelings, though, and that's how I figured out that I did not want to be a Spanish teacher. Sometimes life makes those decisions for you, even after you've stressed about them for years. Wow. (laughs) My first semester of college, my professor for introduction to public administration talked about her experience working at nonprofits. The idea of making a living helping people or working toward a cause was extremely appealing to me. So I started taking nonprofit coursework, and now I am a double major in Spanish and public and nonprofit administration, and I am excited to work for a human rights advocacy nonprofit after I graduate. After signing my nonprofit major, I have never looked back. For people who consider themselves multi-potentialites, a remember that episode, guys? <laughs> Meaning we could do many things and be happy. It can be so hard to figure out what we want to do. This is why I recommend getting a more broad degree so you can work in many different fields or positions. I could work at a mental health nonprofit, an animal rights nonprofit, a social justice nonprofit, etc. For anyone who's listening, if you're already too late in your degree or you've already graduated, the Nonprofit Leadership Alliance has a great certificate program called the Certified Nonprofit Professional Credential. Whether you have a business degree, engineering degree, or anything else, you can earn this certificate while you work and it will allow you to get into the nonprofit space. Working toward a mission is so rewarding, and now guiding others toward working for nonprofits is truly what I'm passionate about. I didn't even know this major existed a few years ago. This is such an incredible story as well, as they all are. And first of all, I just wanted to say that's such a great combination, the Spanish and the public and nonprofit administration. You are probably very desired in the working world, and kudos to you. And I absolutely love this story. Um, When you said sometimes life makes those decisions for you, even after you've stressed about them for years, um, that's kind of like you just take the hits as they come and you just have to like do the best you can with what you've been given. Um, I really hate that, you know, the you got that full tuition scholarship to the school that had just dropped its program. Um, I know how hard it can be to have to like weigh your choices um, and really just have to go after the one that's the most financially feasible, even if it isn't what you necessarily first thought you wanted. Um, And this is a perfect example of, you know, you think you know what you want. And once again, a crossroads or a challenge like presenting an opportunity to pursue another passion or to find your passion. And I really 
agree with you saying, you know, for multi-potentialites who are tend to be generalists in a way, we can do many things and be happy. It's, it is truly really hard to figure out what you want to do. And um, I really think that, you know, what your passion is, is awesome. And I, I absolutely love the whole nonprofit world as well. I've, I took a nonprofit accounting, like government and nonprofit accounting course. And I, it definitely was a very niche and like specific course, obviously, but I absolutely loved that class. And it, you know, it kind of like put a little bit of something in me that was like, maybe one day I can like do this for a nonprofit. And I love that you also shared um, an opportunity for anyone else who like may be struggling or maybe interested in it with the certified nonprofit professional credential, the CMP. So definitely check that out for any of those um, who that may have like interested you um, in hearing that. But congrats to you for finding your passion and working towards it. And I wish you the absolute best. So next up, we have Kaylee. Um, and she says, my passion story starts with college. I majored in human resources and business management at a university in South Georgia. Upon graduation, I landed a full-time job working in recruitment for a luxury hotel company in the area. My job was my absolute dream, and I was working really hard for about a year. Although I was working hard, something was feeling off almost to the point where I didn't somewhat enjoy going to work every day. All of a sudden, COVID hit our world and it was flipped upside down. Next thing I know, everyone in the area is getting laid off or sent home. I was very lucky to have been able to live with my parents during the next few months to save on utilities and bills. During this time, I was going through a shift, personally and professionally. My mom was a teacher for many years, and during these few months, I sat down jokingly and told my parents I should become a teacher for job security. Little did I know, I might have manifested this for myself. After research, long talks with my family and friends, and pep talks talks with myself, I took the plunge and took on the journey to become a teacher. In Georgia, there are alternative ways to reach certification, and so I took this route until I was hired by a school district. Granted, I did not go to school for education, did not work with kids, and have never been in a classroom before. The position I ended up getting was an 8th grade English teacher spot. Yikes, 13-year-olds for 8 hours a day. (laughs) I was absolutely terrified that first day of school, but within the first hour of being around those kids, I knew I had found my dream job. Don't get me wrong, this was the hardest job I ever had. That first year was so hard between learning the materials, learning to teach, data, meetings, all while taking prerequisite classes at my university to begin pursuing my master's degree. The point of this really long story is to not be scared. You can do absolutely anything you put your mind to. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is out of your reach. I hope this inspires someone. Thank you so much for your submission, Kaylee. And this is a beautiful story. And I absolutely love it just because you know like my mom and grandma were both teachers and I truly think it's in my blood and I think I've, I've said before that you know I feel like I've just known my whole life that I would be teaching or educating in some way or form um, even if it's not my initial career it's honestly what like I'm truly passionate about and it's in my blood so I love your story and um, I really think a lot of people can resonate with having to be at home with their family or at home by themselves during COVID and really just going through a big shift personally and professionally, like you said, it did cause a lot of people to just kind of stop where they're at and be like, is this what I want to do with my life? And take that look at their career, take that look at their relationships, their friendships, and just really figure things out. And I'm so happy for you and I'm so proud of you that you were able to take that time and make the most of it and find your passion. And you were able to say, you know what, I'm not happy and I'm going to do what I can to find what makes me happy and pursue it. And props to you for dealing with 13-year-olds for eight hours a day. I don't know how you do it, Um, especially just middle school is something else. And um, I really, really think that your story is inspiring, especially just for 
completely taking a new path, like unrelated to what you were doing. And just, I mean, like you were truly the epitome of just like taking a leap of faith and doing what you have to do to get somewhere. And I hope that your master's degree goes well and congrats on doing that and completing the classes for it while, you know, or the prerequisites while teaching. I know that that has to be a ton of work. Um, My mom did the same thing when I was a little girl. She did her master's like online while teaching full-time and I you know I saw firsthand how busy that makes you and I know that teachers work a ton outside of classroom hours so props to you and congrats on finding your passion and I love your story super inspiring so the next one is from Mira um Mira says she has her personal passion and career passion lined out so I'm going to read through both of these My personal passion has been a silver lining of one of the biggest challenges in my life. During my freshman year of college, I got extremely ill. I spent more than a year going to different doctor appointments and no one could find any answers. Many doctors even told me that it was just because I was a stressed female college student, which was extremely discouraging and frustrating. I felt extremely isolated and it was hard to watch everyone else live out the college experience while I was too nauseous or fatigued to leave my dorm room. When the pandemic hit, I was forced to take a year off of college since I could not risk getting COVID. While I wish that I never developed this chronic illness, the one thing it's taught me is how to be grateful for the little things and the importance of taking care of your physical and mental health. Now, even though I have daily symptoms, I try to eat healthier, practice better sleep hygiene, and focus on my strength. Last year, I could barely walk around my house, and now I've been going on hikes. I'm really proud of how far I've come and learned that it's important to celebrate all victories, even if they may not seem that big to other people. I've even started getting into strength training at the gym, and that's one of the reasons why your podcast and YouTube channel motivate me so much. Oh, I've also formed a supportive community for students with chronic health conditions, too. Having a chronic illness is still really challenging, but most days I try to focus on the silver linings that have come out of it in order to keep pushing forward. I'm going to comment on this first. I want to say you are like literally so strong for recognizing um, how important it is to just, you know, put yourself first and prioritize yourself because, you know, you could let that defeat you all day long and you choose to see those silver linings and to focus on those little things and have that gratitude. And that makes you a million times stronger at the end of the day. And that is so inspiring. And I am so incredibly sorry and you know I send my heart and my love to you for having to experience that throughout your first year of college during you know your college experience and having to see everyone around you you know not understand and like or see them live out their life and then them not really understand you know where you're at I just can't imagine how hard um that was and I am just so incredibly proud of you for really finding that silver lining and like putting yourself first and taking care of yourself because that takes a lot of strength um, which you clearly have and now getting into your career passion I'm really passionate about design education and breaking down the barriers in the tech industry I grew up in the Bay Area and decided to study industrial design at Georgia Tech which is basically the study of physical product design after a year I realized that I was more interested in digital product design but I couldn't find many resources at my college or online So I did a lot of research and personal projects on the side of college and slowly worked my way up the internship ladder. Now I'm interning at one of my dream companies, but most importantly, trying to pay my knowledge forward by helping other design students. I currently make YouTube videos about my design experience. My channel is called Made by Mira, as well as as well as will be teaching a design boot camp at my college in the fall. Wow. My biggest goal was to be the mentor that I never had specifically to other POC females. I also hope to work at a community that empowers and serves under-resourced communities. That is incredible. And that I just love that I think is truly 
what happens when you find your passion you know like you you find it and then you want nothing more than to help others who were in the same position you were and to give them the resources that you know you didn't have so that's so incredible that you are taking that initiative and taking that step and you know being that person to other people that you know you didn't necessarily have and doing that boot camp is so incredible so congratulations and I wish you the best uh, I feel like you're gonna get tired of me saying that I need to find a different term but seriously I wish you all the best so next is from Maggie um, Maggie says my passion is becoming a physical therapist my passion began when my dad had a traumatic brain injury in 2010 and had to relearn how to do just about everything he had to relearn how to eat talk and even walk after weeks of intensive therapy, I was there when he took his first steps with his physical therapist. I was only 13 years old, but this was a moment I knew that I was meant to become a physical therapist. He then went on to make a full recovery. We have ran two half marathons together in this past June. He made the mo- most important walk of his life with me as he walked me down the aisle at my wedding. Okay, I am tearing up. Um, Okay, <laughs> seeing how he started in a hospital bed and comatose to being able to walk me down the aisle truly shows how amazing and remarkable the human body can be. With this motivation serving as a fire underneath me, I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology in May of 2019 and started my doctor of physical therapy program in June of 2019. I just completed two years of all of my coursework and just began my full year of clinical rotations. In an amazing turn of events, my first clinical right now is at the very same facility where my dad took his first steps and where my passion for PT came from. Oh my gosh, this is like giving me chills all over my body. I've been in school so long, I literally cannot wait to graduate in May. It has not been an easy journey. Seven years of college is no joke, and there have been a lot of mistakes and learning curves in the process. But having that motivation and memory of watching my dad's first steps kept me focused and motivated. My biggest advice to anyone who is having a hard time staying motivated on their passion or feeling discouraged is to find your why. Find out what, why you want to do that thing and keep that end goal in sight. It may be far away and you may not know when you will reach it, but every day is one day closer and one day you will find it. I really hope my story can help to motivate and, and inspire others. Wow. Um, first of all, congrats on graduating in 2019 and congrats on almost being done with college and props to you for doing seven years. Don't know how you did it, but that is such a inspiring story. It literally gave me chills and caused me to tear up. Um, but I love that, you know, you were able to find that why and hold on to it and really use that to push you through the end, despite all of those, you know, learning curves that you said you faced. And I am so proud of, you know, you for just pushing through and I'm so happy for you and your family and congrats on getting married as well. And just so happy that, you know, you were able to be by your dad's side throughout, you know, the process and through the full recovery. And I'm so happy that y'all were able to have that walk down the aisle together. And that's truly such a touching story and so incredible for you. Okay. So next is from Shay. Shay says, my passion is art and to pursue this passion. I'm going to college for a degree in architecture. I'm actually getting ready to apply to the master's program so I can get a master's in architecture, which is super scary. I discovered my passion through playing Sims as a kid and watching lots of HGTV, which led me to wanting to study interior design first, but I eventually switched to architecture. The reason why I decided to pursue my passion of art through getting an architecture degree is because I love the idea of being able to design a beautiful building that could be standing for decades and could impact so many people. I especially want to work in residential architecture so I can build people's forever dream homes. This process has been grueling and has made me question if it's worth being in school for five years, but I know that I love art so much that it's worth all the pain and time put into this degree. I've learned that although it can be hard to work at something for so long and see no immediate results, all of the work put in now to achieve a goal is absolutely worth it. 
I, this is just, I resonate with this because I was like the same, like as a kid, I did a lot of Sims and watching lots of HGTV. So that just made me chuckle, but, um, chuckle. That's such a weird word. Why did I say that? It's not a weird word. Okay. Anyways, I, um, really love this and I love the perspective you gave of, um, pursuing your passion through art because you love the idea of being able to design a building that could impact so many people. I've never really thought of architecture that way because I feel like most people see it, you know, and they think like, oh, they're literally just designing and building a building. When you look at it from the perspective of like, I contributed to something that is going to impact so many people and serve as a home or a place to go for so many people, that's such an incredible perspective to look at it through. And that really just gave me a new perspective and lens and like appreciation for architecture. And, um, I'm so happy for you and I wish you the absolute best um, for, you know, applying through your master's program and I hope you find um, the one for you and I know that you will absolutely kill it out there. So congrats. And next is Brooke. So Brooke says, I am a recent graduate of the University of Houston and received my bachelor's degree in nutritional science. I'm currently a lead coordinator for an organization called Adaptive Athletics at UH that hosts sporting events for community members with disabilities. I am also an EMT and a research assistant to a wonderful professor who focuses on minorities and sports. I just submitted my applications to physician assistant school, meaning I am anxiously awaiting responses the next few months, hopefully. A lot of people don't know what a PA is, but that's okay. You probably have been treated by a PA before and just didn't notice, as PAs have a lot of similarities to physicians. When I was seven years old, I got very sick very quickly. Despite having to leave second grade to visit clinics and hospitals in different cities, no medical expert knew what was wrong with me. Unfortunately, I was on the receiving end of poor care for five years. I was put on chemotherapy and steroids at just eight years old. Like many people, I knew what it was like to experience the patient side of medicine. I thought a lot about how the system was messed up and wanted to fix it from the inside, which prompted my decision to pursue medicine. I guess in a way I was lucky since I knew what I wanted to do early on, but continually standing by that decision was challenging. I definitely had many identity crises along the way as organic chemistry was terrifying and the pre-med community can be really competitive. I frequently questioned my intelligence and especially my worth. I could go on forever about why I want to pursue and change medicine and what I've learned along the way, but I will keep it short and say this. Believe in yourself enough to fight for yourself. You have to believe you have something special you can give the world even if you don't know what it is yet. Don't listen to negativity as people who truly love you will only support you. Follow the peace in every decision you make and you will end up exactly where you're supposed to be. This was so incredible. And I want to say first, um, best wishes and good luck for PA school. I actually do know a couple people who are um, taking that same path of, you know, doing their undergrad and then applying to PA school. So I'm familiar with it, but, um, I also want to just say like, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that at such a young age, but, um, it's, you know, inspiring that you were able to, you know, see uh, inspiring in an unfortunate way. Like you said, unfortunately you were on the receiving end of poor care and I really hate that. And it's, um, so strong of you to want to, to see that and want to fix it and be inspired by that. And I really love what you said at the end about you have to believe you have something special you can give the world, even if you don't know what that is yet. And I think that's where a lot of people um, sort of run into a barrier with finding their passion. They don't really have the confidence in themselves that they have something special just because they haven't found it yet. Just because you haven't found it yet doesn't mean you don't have something special in you and you don't have something special to contribute to this world. Because every single one of you do have something special to contribute. And just because you haven't found it doesn't mean it's not there. It's in there inside of you. You just have to find it and pursue it. And um, you really just gave, gave some great advice and um, 
yeah, props to you for the pre-med community. And I mean, I, I hear how like cutthroat competitive it is. And I hope you never question your worth um, just based on, you know, your studies and those you're surrounded by because your worth is not defined in that. So um, good luck and best wishes with everything. Next is Brianna or Brianna. Um, it's it's hard when you're just reading it and you like can't hear it. And I know there's like different pronunciations. So um, here is Brianna's story. My name is Brianna. I'm from the small, beautiful island of Bermuda and of Portuguese descent. I studied accounting and finance for both my undergraduate and postgraduate studies. I'm currently writing up my thesis, which is due before I start work for one of the big four firms in September. My passion is self-betterment, whether that is with fitness, arts, cooking, and or academics. I discovered my passion for self-betterment once I started university. Moving from a small 21-square-mile island with a population of 65,000 people to a bigger country with more than 60 million people, I thought it was time for me to mature and find myself. I was able to pursue my passion in everything I set my mind to, from assignments, journaling, working out, and personal reading. I have read the book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I know you love to read and take requests. This book changed my life. I need to read it. (laughs) I learned how to improve my daily tasks by waking up earlier and being more productive. One lesson I learned is to take it day by day with the progress for self-betterment. Every little task counts and adds up to your goal. Another lesson that I have learned throughout this process of finding my passion is to not compare myself to others. In society today with social media, it is hard not to compare yourself with others. Everyone has a different process of dealing with things and getting to their final goal. If I could give any advice to someone, it would be to start small, like learning a new language, start an online course, and or read a few pages every day. But I also believe that my passion for self-betterment is to be a good friend, daughter, sister, and girlfriend, an an all-rounded good human being. In a lot of ways, I'm still looking for new passions. I absolutely love this because I think a lot of people, when they hear pursuing your passion, you are thinking of, you know, like going to med school, going to law school, um, doing something like extremely daunting and, or maybe it just feels daunting and it may not be something like that. It could be something small that just feels daunting to you. I love this because I think a lot of people just underestimate the power of little passions I guess you could say um and okay little is not the right word of just like conceptual passions I guess um not like a physical degree you're obtaining or um you know that kind of thing like a certification or you know there's no really like license or specific end moments of pursuing that passion self-betterment is one of those things like any self-improvement self-betterment or anything like that sort of falls under that conceptual umbrella of self-improvement little was not the right word so please like ignore that I said that but um I absolutely love this because this is kind of how mine started um and it's so funny because her story is similar to mine in the sense that we studied the same thing and it started you know like self-betterment and just kind of having that shock of like being in a bigger place um I you know went from Panama City Beach which you know is like whatever small compared to like big cities and went to a college town which granted is not large and nowhere near the size adjustment that Brianna experienced but I felt so small at my university and that is what sort of kicked me to improve myself and just be the best version of myself and use all the time I had to get to that best version of myself and like you said be a good friend daughter sister and girlfriend same exact thing and self-betterment is so 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 underrated so I am so proud of you 
and so happy for you for seeing how transformative it is and seeing how important it is in your life to just all around be a good human being, like you said. And I think a lot of people skip this step, and I think that self-betterment, self-improvement, and self-love really are the stepping stones and the precursors to pursuing anything like larger that is maybe not as conceptual and that it's more like concrete in nature as far as like a big degree or something like that goes. And I also love that she mentioned this because it's something that you can do anytime, anywhere, any day. And like you said, it can be just a few pages each day, waking up earlier, things like that. And it's all little things that ultimately add up to self-betterment and all each little thing counts, like you said. So I really think that um, this is, you know, this is something that you can do whether you're working full time or you're in college like she is. And um, I just wish you the absolute best for your start at one of the big four in September. And I hope it's a really smooth transition for you and you have a great time. And um, congrats on graduating um, soon, I I suppose, if you're um, wrapping up your thesis. And I absolutely love, love, loved your input. And it just really, I just, I smiled when I was um, reading over all of these beforehand because this is like exactly what it's all about is, you know, valuing yourself enough to want to become the best version of yourself so that then you can pursue whatever you want to. And self-betterment in and of itself is a passion a pursuit of passion a passion passion pursuit whatever you want to say and I think a lot of people think that it has to be like some title or some job or you know something like that but it can be something as you know I don't want to say vague but it can be something as general as just helping others improving yourself improving yourself so that you can be the best version and best person to the other people in your life that you can be it does not have to be something you know more concrete. So next is Laura. Laura says, my name is Laura and I'm a physician assistant student. I start clinical rotations in October and graduate in October of 2022. I have a passion for healthcare, specifically preventative care in underserved areas, whether that's rural areas, areas like where I'm from or inner city areas. I discovered the PA profession from a friend who is a dentist and fell in love with and fell in love because I have the flexibility to change specialties, which means I can work wherever I'm needed most. It has been a hard road so far. I actually was rejected from every PA school I applied to the first time and had to take two years off to work in healthcare before reapplying. PA school is also very fast paced, so it can be stressful and overwhelming at times. Now I'm finishing exams and getting ready to actually take care of real patients with the help of a preceptor. I've learned so much through this journey, especially how important determination is to pursuing your dreams. I almost didn't apply to PA school again because I thought I wasn't good enough, and I can't imagine being anywhere else than where I am right now. Also, I'm very type A and have to plan and know everything, but after a year of uncertainty, I've realized how much less stressful it is to let things go. I've always known it's something I needed to do, but this process has forced me to train my brain to actually do it. This is incredible. Um, first of all, I want to say like congrats on where you're at in your PA school journey and congrats on like holding on to that de- determination and really just pursuing um, what you knew you wanted to do. And it's so beautiful how you say, you know, like you couldn't see yourself being anywhere else. And I absolutely love how you mentioned um, after having to being forced to deal with uncertainty, you were forced to sort of accept how you just need to let things go sometimes because they are outside of your control. And I know I've talked about that on the podcast a ton with just letting those things outside of your control that you, you know, as long as you're doing your best um, and if you can't control something, you really do have to just let it go because you're creating so much unnecessary stress in your life. So um, 
I wish you the absolute best with, um, you know, the rest of your journey. And I absolutely love your perspective on things and how strong you are in just pursuing your passion. Next is from Holly. Holly says, my name is Holly from North Carolina. I'm 24 and a graduate from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. First off, I love your videos and your podcast. As far as my passion, I found a love for working with children on the spectrum whenever I was a sophomore in college. Going into college my freshman year, my major was speech pathology, but right off the bat, I knew it just wasn't the fit for me at the time. I went out on a limb and took a therapeutic recreation class and absolutely fell in love with it and decided to change my major to human development and family studies with a minor in therapeutic recreation. During my sophomore year, I got a job as a habilitation technician and got really close with one of my families and ended up transferring to a different agency with them so I could continue working with their child. I worked there up until I graduated and absolutely loved it. During my senior year, I did my internship at an autism clinic and as soon as I graduated, I applied for an open position as an RBT, which is a registered behavior technician. I got the job soon after and that's where I currently am three years later. Working with children on the spectrum is so fulfilling, and my favorite part is seeing the everyday victories, both big and small. It is such a rewarding job, and we got to get to develop such great relationships not only with the clients, but with the parents as well. I teach them, but they also teach me new things every day. This is such a, I just, this was, uh, this was so beautiful. So um, I'm so happy for you that, you know, you found that passion, and you really just figured it out, and you, I, I mean, you really just had like a very like, linear outline with the way it went and um finding that in college and just like making that switch in your major when you went out on a limb and you know it's crazy that you know taking just like one class like you said can absolutely change your mind and you can fall in love with it and realize that there may be something else for you out there and that's all it takes sometimes and um I'm super super happy for you and I absolutely love um I have family members that um do similar uh things and you know I hear the same thing I teach them but they also teach me new things every day and how fulfilling and rewarding it is and um I'm so so happy for you and you sound just so incredible and it's just beautiful that you know you really found a job you loved and you found um what you wanted to do and you really just pursued it head on so I'm super super happy for you Holly Next is Trinity. Trinity says, I found my passion whenever I got my first facial with my mom. We both felt so great after just the entire experience. Being pampered and setting time aside for yourself and not to mention, our skin looked great. Generationally, my family has struggled severely with acne. My mom and grandmother, who are both very close to me, so I have watched them grow up, growing up be self, very self-conscious. That's when I knew this was a real possibility for me. I found out that becoming a licensed esthetician was a job. I am an upcoming senior in high school, and I am starting a part-time job at a spa in August to learn more and figure out which school I would like to go to. I am so happy for you, and I wish you the absolute best in your journey. And I love that you know you are seeing this passion. You know, a senior, you're an upcoming senior in high school, and I hope you have the best senior year. That's definitely a very special and can be in a very incredible time. And I hope you make the absolute most of it. And um, that's I, I know a few estheticians as well, and I just people you can really tell you know like when I like go I haven't really gotten like many facials or anything like that but I absolutely I've literally had one and then I've had like one massage and that's all I've ever had but seriously I cannot say enough how big of a difference it makes when the people who are taking care of you in those service-based you know businesses 
how much of a difference it makes when you can see people's passion and see that they're like really happy to care for you and take care of you and you really sound like you are going to just absolutely be incredible and with this and you know you have your why and you have your passion and um, I really wish you the best in that journey with coming, becoming a licensed esthetician and I wish you the best for your last year in high school and um, truly so proud of you for just really seeing that why and really holding on to it and um, it's so incredible that you know you just got a facial with your mom and that and it was just like that aha moment for you and I feel like that does definitely happen to a lot of people when they experience something for the first time and they realize how incredible it is so super super happy for you. So next is from Emily. Um, Emily says, my passion has always been to give a voice to the voiceless and help those who aren't heard enough or hear those who aren't heard enough. So I went to school to study languages and specifically teach Italian. I also stumbled upon a thanatology minor. It's about death, dying, and grieving. I swear it's not weird. I've actually never heard the like study term like the actual like collegiate term for that so I I don't know if I pronounced that correctly we learned about all different types of loss like the loss of love safety or self and different types of death related to suicide suicidality addiction and mental illnesses however my major was in Italian I had to take three standardized tests in order to be certified to teach in public schools and I was one sub level off 12 times at about the eighth attempt I start attempt I started to lose the passion for teaching in a classroom and felt myself drawn to giving a voice to people in the mental health field. I found a way to teach to such a disenfranchised population of youth experiencing their first episode of psychosis in an integrated care setting. I now work on a team of clinician, clinicians, therapists, nurses, doctors, and me, a supported education and employment specialist. I help youth being treated for mental health with returning to college or employment. So your struggles you talk about on your podcast are so relatable and valuable to me because these youth are going through such similar things. Life is weird, life is changing, and change is hard, and there are definitely moments I haven't even felt worthy of pursuing my passion, but I deserve it, and now I'm living it. That's so beautiful, and I love what you said about, you know, how change can be hard, and, you know, when you say you haven't felt worthy of pursuing your passion, I really think that a lot of people struggle with that feeling, like you feel like you don't deserve to, you know, give you don't deserve to give yourself that time and effort and energy to pursue something you love like that but like you said you do deserve it and um I'm super happy for you that you know you found that integrated care setting that you really thrive in and I wish you the absolute best in um just the rest of your career journey and I really this was just like really an incredible story just showing how um you sort of felt a draw to a diff- something different than what you were really pursuing really hard because it sounds like you know you were really pursuing the standardized tests and just pursuing teaching Italian and teaching like really really hard and then you know it took just getting to sort of like a barrier and just realizing like okay is this actually like what I'm wanting to do or is there something better for the out there for me and you found that and I'm so incredibly happy for you and I wish you the best Emily next we have Jennifer so And Jennifer says, I saw your post and wanted to share what I do. I'm currently a pharmacist intern and attending my first year of pharmacy school in the fall. My journey is a bit rocky, but it's slowly sorting itself out. I graduated high school knowing I wanted to pursue a profession in the healthcare field. Not exactly knowing what path to follow, I decided to attend a community college to complete pre-med prereqs with the plan of transferring to a four-year. This all changed when my sister-in-law and a local pharmacist inspired me to look into pharmacy. Upon researching the profession, I never looked back. 
There's only two pharmacy schools in my state, and the one I'm attending, going into first-year pharmacy school this fall, is right in the heart of Seattle, which is my home, and it's a top 10 nationally ranked pharmacy school. I started looking at the prereqs, and I didn't have much left to complete. They don't require a bachelor's degree or the PCAT entrance exam. A lot of pharmacy schools are abolishing this to make the process more fair. I also obtained my pharmacy assistant license, which also granted me the opportunity to become a pharmacy tech. This granted me work experience, which I made sure to get to ensure I w- this was the path I wanted to go on. With the work experience under my belt and my prereqs almost complete, I started the application process. About a month after submitting my application, I was extremely fortunate to get offered an interview. Usually the process is in person, but due to COVID, it was via Zoom. I actually felt defeated during the interview because we were put into small groups before the individual interviews. Everyone in my group went to amazing schools such as UC Davis, Ir- is it Irvine? Irvine? I- sorry. Berkeley and more. Had degrees in biochem, biology, chemistry, etc. After the interview, I told myself I wasn't getting in. How could a person like me who goes to a community college, no bachelor's degree, no honors or AP courses, beat out these students? I remember when I was younger, my reading level was low. I got belittled by teachers when I was younger because I didn't learn as fast. I knew I was a slow community. I knew I was a slow learner. I was an average student. It wasn't until community college where I became a new person and I excelled in my learning. I saw growth in me that I was eager to not let go of. I enjoyed the small class sizes where I got to make new friends and know my teachers. All these hardships I went through made me stronger, and just a couple weeks after my pharmacy school interview, I found out I got accepted. From then on, I realized, community college or not, everyone has different paths, and just because someone's path is different does not mean they are lesser in comparison to someone else. A freaking men, Jennifer. I This is so incredible, and I am just so happy you submitted your story because I really think that this needs to be heard by a lot of people because I think with social media – It's just, it kind of like, I don't know why, but I'm like low-key getting teary-eyed right now. Um, But I think like with social media, there's like just this image created with, you know, going to like a big university and going to like a big school. And it's sort of just like this unspoken pressure that like that's a standard and like that's where like everybody needs to go. But newsflash, um, that's not for everybody. And, you know, community college isn't for everybody in the same way that, big you know four-year universities and institutions aren't for everybody and I truly think that you know it is just think about how different things you know would have turned out if you had to be in like larger class sizes that you didn't enjoy I I am right there with you I do not like the you know larger class settings like I really thrive in smaller class settings so just think of how different you know things may have like turned out if you didn't have like the experiences you did have and you sound like so incredibly well-rounded and it's so incredible incredible that you know you got your um pharmacy assistant license and you were able to work as a pharmacy tech because I'm sure that that work experience is just absolutely incredibly valuable for what you're doing and I am so happy for you and so proud of you and I just absolutely love, you know, the way you explained everything and told your story. And I think it's so inspiring. And I think so many people need to hear like community college is such a great route. If, you know, you if if you're putting your all into it, like seriously, it's a much better option for a lot of people. Um, it's a much better option financially for class sizes, like you said. And if you know what you want to do, it is incredible and can be a really great stepping stone to get where you need to be and I really hate that they're you know I feel like it's kind of I feel like it's gone away a lot over the years but I remember when I was in high school going to like a community college or a state college because we had um we had two which one of them is now a state college but we had two in my hometown and 
it was honestly, I don't want to say it was frowned upon, but it was more so of just like not seen as equal, you know, to going off to a big school. And granted, you know, it it is a completely different experience, but like why are we comparing like two things that are entirely different, honestly? Like they they really are so different in what they offer and like what I don't know. It's just it it bothers me that like it makes so many people feel discouraged and less than when in reality you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't be comparing yourself. You should just be comparing yourself to your past self. And like you said, you know, you saw like so much growth in yourself in going to community college and you became a new person. You excelled in your learning. And also I want to say um, you're, I, that makes me so upset that, you know, your teachers would b- belittle you because they're supposed to, you know, be there to help you and like assist you through any of your struggles, like in your learning. So that really like breaks my heart that you had to, you know, experience that type of treatment from teachers. And I just really love this story because I need, I just wish I could scream from the mountaintops, you know, like do not think that like community college is not a great option because it really is. I mean, like if it's just, uh, it, it bothers me that that was like a stigma created in society. And I, and like, I just really think that social media like can really skew the way we look at opportunities we have for ourselves and make us think that they're less than just because they're not what we see, um, projected on social media as much, but that's absolutely, you know, not a basis for comparison and I just absolutely am so so proud of you and so happy for you and I um hate that you went through the stress after the interview process and talking yourself down that you like weren't going to um be accepted but I am so happy for you and so proud of you and I just love the last bit you said um how all your hardships made you stronger and you know everyone does have different paths and just because it's different doesn't mean they're lesser in comparison scream it from the mountaintops seriously (laughs) the next is from Haley Haley is from Texas and she is 22 years old she says when starting college I didn't really know what my passion was I majored in kinesiology so that I could become a physical therapist I thought that's what I wanted, but quickly, about one year in, found out that it was just not for me. I dropped my general chemistry class and switched majors to nursing. I had a few friends who were nursing majors, so that really helped. But honestly, a lot of people said they couldn't see me being a nurse, so that it probably wouldn't be a good fit. At first, I wasn't sure if it was my passion. I just wanted to prove them wrong, so I did. I took classes all summer long to catch up. I took my entrance exam, and I got into our nursing program and still graduated on time. I also wasn't sure what area of nursing was my passion until I did a rotation in the ER and literally left feeling like superwoman. Now here I am working in the emergency department, something I also wasn't sure wasn't achievable as a new grad, and I love it. It's really hard and challenging, but I get to see people at their absolute worst and try to fix them the best I can. There are some days where I feel really down and like I'm not meant to be there or this is too hard for me to do, but I just remember that I was made it, that I made it this far for a reason and the challenges will just make me better at what I do. I struggle whether this is my passion every time I have a bad day at the hospital, but that one good day always reminds me. This is beautiful, and I love that you, you know, had all this neg. I mean, I don't love that you had the negativity coming your way from other people. I don't love that, but I love that you, you know, saw the pa- like you had a strong enough passion and desire in yourself to block that noise out and really just pursue what you knew um, you were passionate about and what you wanted to do. So props to you because that's actually really hard to do um, when you have the people you love and care about around you saying that they don't see you doing well in something or they don't think something is right for you. 
it's so easy to just convince yourself that what they're sitting there telling you is right and that enough steers so many people away from pursuing their passion that outside noise but your inner desire and that fire in your heart has got to be stronger than those outside voices for you to successfully pursue your passion and that's exactly what you did and congrats for you know do like making that switch and you know getting through everything and still graduating on time because I'm sure that was extremely difficult and I'm so happy that you know you found where you're where you want to be and I love that you say you know you made it this far for a reason and the challenges just make you better at what you do and I think a lot of times like you also said um, when you have a bad day you struggle whether with whether or not it's your truly your passion and I think that that um is just so true across the board for people who are pursuing their passion. Anytime you have like a rough day, it because it's something you're so passionate about, it really feels like your world is just caving in on you because your passion generally is your world and it's like what brings you the most fire in your heart. So whenever you do have those bad days, it feels like your world is crashing and burning, but it's so important to remember those good days, like you said. So I'm super happy and proud of you, Haley. Okay, next is Lindsay. Lindsay says... My passion is speech language pathology, also known as speech therapy. I started my bachelor's thinking I'd go for nursing. I took some classes, worked hard, and my grades were not great. Freshman year, right? Ha. I ended up transferring my sophomore year to another liberal arts school. It was the best decision to make as I met my now husband there and fell in love with psychology. I took a test called the Strong Interest Inventory Test, where essentially it asks questions about your work life, personality, interests, etc., and then it gives you a list of occupations that could fit with who you are. I got speech language pathology as my number one. I ended up taking this test twice and it was my top profession both times, followed by occupational therapists, special education, things of that sort. I decided to look into the field more, discovered I needed a master's degree to practice and was disappointed. School had never been my greatest achievement, but I thought I could at least try. I shattered a few speech therapists and fell in love. I had no idea what major to pick, but landed on psychology after asking faculty. Many professors at my school knew what speech therapy was, but they weren't sure on the process of getting licensed. The university close to my liberal arts school, Minnesota State University, Mankato, had a program for speech therapy. I did not want to transfer again, so I decided to stick with psychology, hoping it was a decent foundation for speech therapy. I had to take leveling courses, so there was one school year I was in a transition year as I had a bachelor's in psychology but was taking undergrad courses through Mankato. It was a weird year as I was working part-time and I was a part-time student for the first time in my life. I was also applying to grad schools during this period. I ended up getting accepted into only one out of five schools, Mankato being one of them. It's actually one of the top schools in the nation for my profession, so I was pretty stunned. I owe a big thanks to one of my professors as I think she was a huge reason why I was accepted. I also drove myself crazy thinking about which school I'd get into, where my husband would work, where we live, and I think God was just like, this is where you need to be, so that it was the one school I got into. God really provided it for us in this time, and it's a true testament to how God protects us. Currently, I am finishing my first year of my two-year program. Getting your master's is required for speech therapy, so I didn't really have a choice, but honestly, that's okay because I love it so much. I hope my passion for the field pe- propels me forward as I know that there is so much I still don't know. In this process, I learned to stay patient, trust the process, and know that God will bring you where you need to be. If I hadn't gotten into school, I probably would have worked for a year and then reapplied the following fall. If I hadn't gotten into school, I hope I would have would have as much gratitude as I do now. I also learned to network like crazy as all of this takes not only knowledge, but true support from others. All the professors, speech therapists I've shadowed, classmates, etc. I've met over the years have helped me in more ways than I can explain. Just as a reference, speech therapists can work in a variety of settings like schools, outpatient clinics, inpatient clinics, etc. Our scope of practice is quite broad as we can cover articulation therapy, 
augmentative and alternative communication, stroke survivors, people with dementia, swallowing patients, the list goes on. I love the flexibility and ability to work with people. Speech therapy is such a small part of someone's life, but if I can be there to walk them through how to speak again, my heart is full. I found an immense love for swallowing patients recently and hope to work in an inpatient setting in the future, but I don't want to close any doors to other opportunities yet. My internship year starts in the fall, so I'm gearing up for that. It'll be in a school district. My spring internship will probably be with adults in a more clinical setting, which I'm a little more excited about. This year will fly by like the last one, I'm sure. Keep working hard and putting your best foot forward. Might be weird to say since I don't really know you, but I'm proud of you. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Psalm 147, 11. And then she also put in just some stuff about like loving my YouTube channel and um, everything like that. And I wish we could be friends in real life. I wish I could be friends with every single one of you in real life. But just know that we are all friends through the internet. And maybe one day we can be friends in person. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say... Um, it's truly takes like a lot of strength, you know, like I, the first thing I thought whenever I read this, um, and you said, you know, like school wasn't necessarily your strength, but you thought like, why not give it a shot? Um, since you thought, you know, this is what I wanted to do and truly overcoming that like fear and negative self-talk of telling yourself that, you know, you're not really, um, cut out for something and then pursuing it anyways. Um, I think that your passion sort of like instills a different determination and drive in you that helps you to succeed in that. And I just really love your, um, comfort in God's plan and just really, um, being, just being prepared and being, um, okay with just like the cards you're dealt. And I really wish you the best. And, um, the rest of your master's program and in um, your, in, I think you said your internships or is it clinical? Yeah, internship year. Okay. So I am super excited for you and super proud of you. And I'm, it, it sounds incredible just like the way, you know, you found what you loved and you also met your husband um, with, you know, your whole school situation. And um, I actually, my aunt is um, a speech pathologist in like in a school setting for, um, kids and students um with disabilities and it's I I mean like just the stories I hear from her and like I said with the other one with just like how rewarding and fulfilling it can be and how much you learn um you truly are such a like the occupation is so important like one a, a friend of mine from high school is also pursuing it now and I think you know it's just something that's so underappreciated in our society and in our world like it's so important and you help people so much and I'm so happy for you and I really think that you know the story is so inspiring in terms of just you know just figuring out you know what you love and you know just dealing with the cards you're dealt and I really really wish you the best in your journey and um I really think that you know your drive and determination and your passion is going to take you so far from what you've said so I love that. Um, next, we have Gianna. Gianna says, I am a former competitive gymnast, JO level eight, and when I decided to be done with the sport, I began working at my gym and the preschool and recreation programs. Long story short, working with kids and helping them learn that they can do hard things confirmed to me that I wanted, wanted to go into education. I'm going to be a senior in high school this year. I attached an English assignment from sophomore year where I reflected on what I learned from a little girl who was in my class. I think it does a good job touching on my passion, how I discover it, lessons learned, etc., while keeping it brief, as I could go on and on about working with children in my future career. Um, I love this, um, just how you 
I'm going to read the little essay because I think it's only like two pages long. So I'll, I'll read it really quickly with you all. But I did want to quickly say that working with kids and helping them learn that they can do hard things is that's just like definitely like certain people have just such a gift to do that. And I think that it's like so important um, and so just beneficial for kids to like have a person in their life that can encourage them and remind them of that. So here is Gianna's um, little essay that she wrote her sophomore year that sort of encompasses all of this. One of the most special relationships I've been lucky enough to have is quite new. It happens to be with a sassy, spunky five-year-old who taught me more than I could have ever imagined. Not only about myself, but about being a leader, working with others, having grit, and pursuing passion. Her name is Jojo. I met Jojo on her first day of gymnastics class. I'm not going to lie, she was difficult. My first time coaching her left me dreading the rest of the 10-week session. She became frustrated easily, but continued to refuse my help. I had to send her out to take a break for her own safety as she wasn't listening, and she stuck her tongue out at me in front of her mother. I was certain I was not capable of, quote, handling her. The second class, I went into it with a different approach. I applied something one of my confirmation leaders said regarding the children they connect with on mission trips. It's easy to love the good kids, but it's harder to love the not-so-good ones. But you just have to love them harder. It didn't hit me immediately after hearing this, but I realized this is exactly what I had to do with JoJo. I went into class that day repeating to myself over and over, love her harder, love her harder. Right before I walked in the door, I prayed for God to give me the strength I needed. I tried my very best to be the supportive coach she deserved. As I continued to use this approach, I continued to learn about leadership. JoJo taught me that everyone, even adults, have, have a different, diff, different way of learning. It's the job of the leader to determine the best way to teach and work with them accordingly. I learned you have to listen not only to what the kids are saying, but to their actions in order to do this. In JoJo's case, I discovered that partnering, with, partnering her with an older girl in class who was a great role model worked wonders. It was very helpful for her to have a constant reminder of what she should be doing and how she should be doing it. She's definitely a visual learner. Jojo taught me that you have to have grit. I spent a lot of time working with her, allowing her to feel more comfortable with me and learn to trust me. I had to use an amount of patience I didn't even know I had. I explained countless times that letting me help would only benefit her. After I could get her to accept my help once and see the results, she understood. Not only this, but her reaction to her success was the best reward. She was beyond excited. Jojo taught me that I can have an impact. She's a perfect example. Jojo showed me what I am capable of, what anyone's capable of, if the passion is there. She challenged me to grow and step outside of my comfort zone. I could not be more proud of her progress. It gives me the best feeling when I think about it. I can't help but think, wow, I really did that. We grew together. Her as an energetic five-year-old and me as a leader. Witnessing her growth is the most rewarding experience I've yet to encounter. Through this, I learned an important thing about myself, arguably the most important thing my relationship with JoJo taught me, what I want to do in my future, something where I can have an impact on others and see this impact firsthand. I do not know the exact form this will take, whether it be a coach, teacher, or some other leadership role. JoJo helped me discover my passion. For that, I am forever grateful. I absolutely love this, and it's so beautiful. I also really love it just from, like, the gymnastics perspective because I did do gymnastics for a while growing up, and I just, like, I understand, like, like what you're saying and everything just with, you know, coaching, like, a difficult um, team member or kid. And a few things. First of all, I want to say – um this end part where you're saying you know you don't know exact the exact form this is going to take whether it be a coach teacher or some other leadership role and it sounded like in your email um that you sent you know now you're wanting to go into education so you figured that out since your sophomore year um that's exactly what I was saying earlier about you know having those more conceptual you know passions that you want to pursue having those are is so important and a lot of times it a lot of times you don't have the actual technical passion come first. Like it, it starts as a conceptual passion such as um, 
leaving an impact on others. And that's sort of how mine started, like with YouTube. I had this burning desire to just leave an impact on others and help others and be help to others when I didn't have that help and help them in the ways that I needed that I didn't have. And I really think that, um, you know, your story highlights how a lot of people you know, have that core passion and desire, but they don't necessarily have like the career path outlined for it. Like you initially have the desire to help others, to improve yourself, to leave an impact on others, whatever it may be. And then with that, you know, you sort of find a career from that. And I think for those of you that are really struggling with finding a passion, that's where it all starts is, you know, looking and seeing like, what is that core desire of like, you know, conceptually, like what fulfills you the most. And then from there, you can find career paths a lot easier and find just like something you want to do with your life or whether that's your career or it's on the side. So that's extremely important for me to point out and highlight um, with what I was saying earlier with, you know, having those conceptual passions like self-improvement and leaving an impact on others because identifying those first can take you so far with finding your passion, even if you don't know the exact path that will take, like she said here. And I also wanted to say um, what you said about um, being a leader. It's it's a job of the leader to determine the best way to teach and work with them accordingly. And that's absolutely so true. And, you know, it, it shows that, you know, you are a you know, great coach in the sense that, you know, you, you looked at an individual that was a part of like a group of people, you know, you're teaching, you looked at an individual and you discovered that she was going to need something different than the norm. And she was going to need something else to accommodate her and help her, you know, be the best gymnast she could be. And that wouldn't, you know, like drive you crazy or anything like that. You know, like you had to find that balance and you had to find that for her so that she could get where she needed to be. And you saw that and you assessed what you needed to do and you made that change. And that, you know, speaks volumes to who you are as a leader. So that's really incredible and I'm super happy for you. And um, I believe you said you're going to be a senior in high school this year. So I wish you the best senior year and I wish you the best of luck in pursuing education. And um, if you're still a gymnastics coach, it's so awesome. And I really hope that you just um, make the most of it. So we have three more and next is from Elizabeth. Elizabeth says... Um, I discovered my passion for makeup artistry, specifically special effects makeup artistry, about five years ago when I bought my first eyeshadow palette to attempt a makeup look for my school dance. I was completely inexperienced, but I grew up pretty skilled at drawing, and I found makeup artistry to be very similar to that. I did the makeup for the school dance, but didn't pick it up for a while after that. So flash forward a couple months, and I traveled to New York to see Cats on Broadway for my sister's birthday. We sat very close to the stage, and I was mesmerized when I got to see the intricate special effects makeup on those performers glowing under the limelight. In that moment, I decided I would try to recreate that makeup look when I got home. I got home and began messing around with mostly eyeshadow, using it as sort of a face paint, and I loved it so much. One night, I decided to try to paint Van Gogh's Starry Night on my face using eyeshadows, and this ended up being the first look I posted to my Instagram. I sat down on my desk, sat down at my desk at night and just worked on the makeup for hours, listening to music and watching YouTube videos while I illustrated the brush strokes on my face. I felt so at peace while working, and it sort of felt like I aligned with one of my purposes in life. I remember feeling so proud of myself after I finished and I asked my sister if I should post it on Instagram. I thought it was cool, but didn't want to be judged for displaying the sort of bizarre hobby that I had just discovered. My sister shared the same concern, but I ended up posting it anyway because I've never seen anyone do anything like it on Instagram, and I was proud. The response I got from my friends and family was incredible. 
Everyone encouraged me and admired my work and this positive feedback felt so great and honestly was a motivating factor to keep me going. After I posted my first makeup look, everyone following that was an everyone following that was an attempt to outdo my last. I felt so invigorated when I successfully executed an illusory makeup look that I had once thought would be nearly impossible for me to do. Lots of the joy I felt came from challenging myself. I applied to colleges in California to try to be near the entertainment industry, hoping to get my foot in the door somehow in the makeup artistry division of the entertainment industry. I love film and TV and feel like I was born to do makeup for it, but I really don't know how to break into the industry, and this is a big roadblock for me. I also have had dwindling confidence in my skills for a while by comparing myself to other makeup artists and have had to become more realistic about my future in recent years. I'm currently studying accounting in school and have an internship and it feels like my life is sort of heading down a conventional path that I really am not sure I want. I would love some advice if you're giving advice on this episode about what to do when you discover one of your passions earlier in life and feel a little burnout from it or lose the same fervent love you once had for it. Um, P.S. You can check out my makeup looks on Instagram at Ellie Jerrier, which is just at E-L-L-I-E-J-E-R-R-I-E-R. And feel free to share my name on your pod. I'd love for people to see my work. Thank you. This is such a um, beautiful story, and it really just goes to show how something, you know, like so small can really just ignite, you know, a passion and a fire in you. And um, it's so awesome that you had the community that you had around you um, with you know, encouraging you and having that positive feedback because like I said earlier, the negative feedback and the negative noise in your life from the people around you makes a world of a difference in pursuing your passion. Because if you don't have that support, it makes it extremely difficult to keep going forward, especially during the hard times. Um, But I mean, this is so incredible because just because it's, you know, niche and specific, I know you said it was bizarre. It may seem bizarre, but there, I mean, there are people out there who do it and that it's not bizarre. Like nothing is bizarre. (laughs) It's just like specific and it's unique. It's very you know it's so specific but it's like so incredible because it requires so much like talent and precision and patience and um I commend you for that and I see how you're saying you know you're studying accounting and you have an internship and it feels like your life's going down a conventional path that you're not sure you want trust me I get it um I will say I'm the same way you know accounting feels very like conventional to me and I'm not exactly sure if it's like my forever career home if you want to call it that um but for me it's more so about like I like for you it you know you have this passion and you kind of have to assess like it sounds like it's something that you really have to put I can see how there is like a really hard way to get into that industry because it almost seems like you just need to know somebody that can like talk to somebody for you in the industry because it is such a specific field um so all I can say is it it really just sounds like something that you have to really pursue head on if that's like what you truly want to pursue as like your job and career and I think the biggest thing for you you just need to sit down and like take a look at like what you want out of your career not necessarily what you want to do for your career but like what like your career like what what you want out of it I guess like do you want like really good job security and, you know, steady pay. And, you know, everyone has different priorities when it comes to their job. You know, good work-life balance, that type of thing. Accounting is going to offer some things that that job might not offer. And that job's going to offer some things that accounting might not offer. But you just have to see where your priorities lay. And doing that is something that you can totally, you can totally, you know, get into the makeup artistry by, 
you know, still pursuing your passion on the side. It takes a lot of work, especially in a profession like accounting. Trust me. Um, I get it. And I don't even know how I'm going to do it. But it's if you care about it enough, you know, like you will find time. Like I, I feel like as you work through your internship and, you know, you finish up your degree and like start working in accounting, if that's what you do, your passion for makeup artistry will really I think blossom in that time because it's going to serve as an escape for you. And, um, you have to decide, you know, is this something I want to pursue as a career or do I want it to be like my hobby that, you know, serves as my escape from like my real world and everything. And it's totally okay for it to be a hobby that you just do in your free time. Um, but you just have to decide for yourself, you know, is this something that I want to pursue as a potential career? Or is this something that I want to just like remain as a, hobby I am passionate about but if like you have that you know fervent passion for it and you are like head over heels for it and you know it's what you want to do as your career I would say you know finish your degree and have that degree and do what you can and then maybe in your free time just like try your best to continue you know creating those makeup artistry looks and um the special effects makeup and sharing it and sharing it and sharing it instagram tiktok everything really putting it out there and believing in it more than anything seeing how that does because you never know like who can see something on social media and where that can take you so i really think that you know like getting your degree of course and then like starting work if you need to but just like using that free time if you know that that's what you want to do for real with your career using that free time to like just really do the most you can with it and share it share it share it and that's honestly the best advice I can give for that because I know how hard it is to just like be like this is a conventional path and I just don't think I'm cut out for conventional I a thousand percent understand and I'm working through that myself so I honestly don't have incredibly sound advice but that's the best advice I can give for it so next is from Katie Katie says my passion in life is advocating for others specifically for people who do not have a voice for themselves or feel afraid to speak up. I found this passion while doing a job I absolutely hated, which was working as a residence assistant at my college. I've wanted to be a nurse since I was young and once finding my passion, I realized I didn't want to be a nurse just but didn't want to just be a nurse who gave shots, meds and cared for people. I wanted to be the nurse that made sure everyone was cared for properly and if they weren't that things would be taken care of. I have yet to been able to achieve this goal as I am still in nursing school, but I work as a certified nurse's assistant and still fulfill my passion by advocating for those I take care of. If there's one thing I want someone to take away from this, even if the passion and goal does not resonate with them, it's that you can sometimes find a passion in the places you least expect it, like a job you absolutely hate. Love, love, love this. I hope everybody's still listening because this is also very important. And this is why every single one of y'all's input is so valuable because each of your stories offers a different perspective, which is so incredible. And that's why I love, love, love sharing these passions on here because y'all can hear how different everyone's story is. But at the same time, everyone has like a common underlying theme of pursuing their passion, but it looks different for everybody. And that's how it should be. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And I absolutely love how you, you know, you say and you recognize sometimes finding a passion is in the places you least expect it. And that's absolutely 100% true. I wasn't expecting to find my passion in the one of the most miserable years of my life, my freshman year of college. Um, and I wasn't expecting that passion to start with watching literal makeup tutorials on YouTube at 14 years old in my bedroom. Like, how did that turn into this? You know what I mean? Like, it's the places you least expect and it doesn't have to be some... I came out the womb and knew I was going to be a doctor type of thing or it doesn't have to be like you know you or I think a lot of people do find their passions through challenges like I said earlier but it doesn't have to be that way because everyone's story is different and sometimes it is in those places you least expect it and um 
I think that, you know, you, I really commend you and, you know, I have the utmost respect for you for, you know, pursuing this passion and, you know, seeing that in such a negative place for you in a place that you didn't love your job, but you still kept such a clear sight of, um, having a passion for something and pursued that. And, um, I also just want to say, um, how important it is to have, those nurses that advocate for those who do not have a voice for themselves or are afraid to speak speak up, like you said. So you are so valuable and so important, and I'm so happy for you and proud of you for pursuing this. And I hope that nursing school um, goes well for you and you you know finish it and you get through it and you can really pursue your passion um, fully head on. And I just really love what you said and. Um, you know, you are very important to the nursing community and just the healthcare community as a whole. And it's so important to have people like you. Um, so last but not least is Madison. And Madison says, um, maybe I am late, but I just heard your last podcast and I wanted to submit my story because I think that I have a good one to share. I am currently in the process of working toward my passion and the life that I want for myself. It actually wasn't until the quarantine that I truly figured out what I am passionate about and what I want for my life. I graduated from undergrad with my bachelor's in sociology and had and with no clue what I wanted to do as far as a career. However, being out of work and home during quarantine gave me the mental space to really sit and think about what is important to me and what I truly enjoy in life. Through lots of self-reflection, I realized that I am passionate about mental health and wellness. I enjoy listening to people's story and allowing them a space to talk about what plagues them. So I did some research and decided to apply for my master's in mental health counseling with plans to one day become a therapist. When I made this decision to go through with this degree, it felt like a breath of fresh air. I tend to describe my life as walking down a foggy road, not really knowing where I was going. However, when I decided to go through with counseling as my path, it felt like the fog cleared and I could finally see where I was going. I would say that my entire life has led me to this career path and to this being my passion. I grew up with a traumatic childhood and my parents weren't emotionally available growing up. I had to grow up super fast so that I could care for my younger sister. While all of this was going on, I struggled in school because I was bullied and had trouble making friends. However, I had a school counselor during this time who I looked up to. Having her in my life really helped because I was able to have a person that I could sit down with and talk about what was going on with me. As a 23-year-old, I still look back and see that this counselor made a huge difference in my life and got me through the hard times I experienced as a child. While I have grown a lot, I do acknowledge that my early childhood experiences led to my per led to my pursuing this career path. Being a therapist is my passion because I learned early on how beneficial it is to have a person that will listen to you with undivided attention. Becoming a therapist allows me to do for others what helped me so much as a little girl. I am now in my last year of my master's degree and I will go on to get licensed. I find confirmation every day that I am moving in the right direction and I am grateful that I was able to work on myself enough that I will be able to pursue a fulfilling career that I am passionate about. When it comes to chasing your passion, what I learned is that our passions live within us. I think it really takes getting to know yourself and listening to your inner being. If I had not taken the time during quarantine to think and get to know myself, I would probably still be walking down that foggy path. I also think it takes listening to the green lights and following them. When we pursue things that do not serve us, there tends to be signs that we are in the wrong place. However, since I have pursued counseling, I have only gotten green lights. I have learned that following what matters is how you discover your passion and how you build a life that aligns with who you truly are. So such a beautiful story and um, thank you for sharing your story and I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, your childhood and how difficult it was for you and it, and I'm very, very sorry and I, you know, I send all my love for you and love to you and I hate, you know, just the bullying and everything. It just breaks my heart, but I seriously just love your story and, you know, how you say, um, 
you learned how early on how beneficial it is to have a person that will listen to you with undivided attention and that's so underrated and so important and I really just love your story how you know something that you know was a challenge for you early in life sort of you know shaped you to where you know your path is now with becoming a counselor and counselors are so so important and you're going to be that person to someone else as your counselor was to you when you were little and that is so incredible and I wish you the absolute best in um you know your pursuit of this and and just really going through with this plan and I love everything you said at the end just about the green lights and um listening to them and following them and not like being scared of them and just going towards them and how when we pursue things that don't serve us there tends to be signs that we're in the wrong place and that is absolutely 100% true and I love how you say that you know following matters is how you discover your passion and how you build a life that aligns with who you truly are that is so so true because I think so many people just don't ever put any effort into pursuing their passion or you know that time taking that time to like learn themselves like you said you did during quarantine which a lot of people went through and if you don't ever go through that you don't really ever discover who you truly are and what you want out of life and I think that you know once you take the time to like learn yourself and um everything like that it becomes a lot easier to build that life that aligns with who you truly are like you said and um I am so happy for you and I really hope that you know your master's goes well and I think you said you were going to be completing yeah apply for your master's with one day to become a therapist yeah I'm so excited for you and I just always want to make sure I'm like saying the right thing I don't want to say like oh like I hope your master's goes well and that wasn't what I just read but um I really hope okay you said you're in your last year of your master's degree and we'll go on to get licensed yeah I wish you the best in your last year and um just getting licensed and you're absolutely going to transform other people's lives and be such an important person in other people's lives and this is truly just an inspiring story and I really hope that um others will really listen to that especially just like the last part of it and really all of it in general and just how um how you turned a challenge into you know pursuing your passion and what you want to do with your life so thank you all so so much for sending these in I'm so happy I got to read through every one of them I figured this episode would be an hour and a half long so here we are but um I seriously appreciate each and every one of you so much for sending these in because I don't think y'all realize how much of an impact each and every one of your stories can have on other people. Like I said, the different perspectives is everything, especially to those people who are struggling to find a passion and pursue their passion. And um, I love each and every one of you so much um, that sent these in. If you didn't send these in and you're just listening, I love all of you literally with my entire heart. And I am so happy for each and every one of you and I just want nothing more than for all of you to find that passion inside of you and just pursue it whatever it may be whether that's becoming a doctor or a teacher or a coach in something or if you're just passionate about becoming the best version of yourself or you're passionate about impacting others or you're passionate about helping underserved communities whatever it is it is a valid passion and desire or makeup artistry, literally everything y'all said, it is valid because it is your passion and your desire. And if it's what you want, you deserve to go after it and you deserve to do what makes you happy and what sets your soul on fire. So I really hope that um, this was inspiring for a lot of you all. And like I said, thank you so much to everyone for sending these in. And I will talk to you all next week. And thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the In Bloom podcast. And be sure to, or I guess not the In Bloom, but In Bloom podcast 
and be sure to follow the Instagram and join the Facebook group. And I love you all so, so, so much. And I will talk to you all next week.